Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle. With me, as always, my wife, lovely co-host and wife, Jessica Carter Ogle. Wife twice. Hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Hope everybody, at least in Michigan, is enjoying the warmer weather. Yes. Because we sure are. It's been fantastic. Yes. Well, it's been a little hot, but today is gorgeous. We just sat outside to drink coffee this morning, and I actually was like, I think I need a sweater. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of a breeze in the shade, which was nice, but then when we took so for a walk, like being in the sunshine, it was like, it was perfect. Perfect yeah, it weather was very nice. So, very nice. I mean, it's going to get hotter later yeah um and unfortunately unfortunately we have to get our air conditioning fixed now so there's that yeah (laughs) um which hopefully we can get it fixed before it starts hitting the 90s yeah well it was 90 so it's funny because um one thing we did this weekend we went to a concert on friday night and it was an outdoor venue at pine knob if anyone knows pine knob yeah um and it's nice to be able to call it pine knob and have it actually be pine knob again yes i still always called it that yeah it's a legendary venue yeah for sure. i knew about pine knob before i even moved to michigan oh really yeah like it, it like artists always talked about pine knob being like they're one of their favorite places to play it was always red rocks pine knob like those two were always oh, like cool. artists always talk about playing those two places I mean, they always say it when they're here but i just think they placate the crowd so to no, wherever they no, are no those two venues are known across the country of being a place to play so it was probably it got up to about 90 on friday and we were driving there and i was like man we're gonna be so hot we don't sit on the lawn anymore because we're over 40 so that just goes <laughs> without saying um so we did have pavilion seats but it was nice yeah like it was high 80s but it was nice and the thing is, I forget that I can exist in those temperatures because there's no humidity. It is way too early for us in Michigan to be getting temperatures that high. Yeah. But there's no humidity like in the dead of July when the humidity is at like 80 percent and you're like struggling. Yeah. For our listeners that are in like, you know, the southeast, uh, you know, all the southeastern states there in the SEC uh, it's we don't have the humidity right now that you guys have right. down there. You guys at this point in time, like uh, one of the guys I work with lives in in Tennessee, eastern Tennessee, and like he's already mowing his grass like at least once a week. Like the humidity's awful already, and it's you know beginning of June. All of our we don't grass. have high humidity. Like the humidity on Friday was like forty three percent. Like that's nothing. All of our grass is dead. Yeah, but yeah, yeah so. I'm glad that at least there's a nice breeze and stuff because when we turned on our air for the first time Mother's Day weekend, I told Steven, I'm like, this is not blowing right. Something is wrong with this. It's taking forever. And granted, yesterday I did put on the oven to roast some vegetables, so I knew it would knock a couple degrees up in the house, but it kept climbing all day with the air set to 70. It was 80 in the house, and I'm like, something is wrong. So we, you know, had all of our windows open and stuff like that, but yeah. We're lucky that the weather itself, even with those temps. So, well, back to the concert. Who did we see? We went to see uh, the headliner, Gravel and Gold. The Golden gl- Gravel? Gravel and Gold? I don't know which Gravel it, and Gold. Gravel and Gold. Uh, the uh, uh, tour for Dirk Bentley's new album. Man, you drove Woo-hoo. the car on the block a couple times. All I was looking for was Dirk Bentley. Dirk Bentley. <laughs> um, uh, and, and we'll get to him in a second. He had two openers. Yes. Uh, one, Molly Tuttle. Uh, who it won last year's national competition for best flat picker on guitar. She won a Grammy. Um, she too. won a Grammy as well. Like this girl, I, we watched them open, and, and it was all bluegrass. She had a, a girl playing upright bass, girl playing fiddle, guy playing mandolin, guy playing banjo, and then Molly Tuttle playing guitar. And 
I thought to myself, like, we've talked about Punch Brothers on this show. We've talked about Chris Thiele. And I thought to myself, I would love to see them take the stage on the same tour as the Punch Brothers. Yeah. That would be phenomenal because they would belong perfect with them. Now, granted, they're going to get a ton of exposure touring with Dirk Bentley, which is great. But I, I felt like from a technical musician standpoint, there was no way anybody was going to take that stage after them and even come close. They were so fast, so technically sound, like so good. Like, Bluegrass is such fun music too, and I never yeah. really listened to much of it till I got with you and – it's just so upbeat and fun, and yep. I always think of Back to the Future 3 when they're in the <laughs> ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah. ZZ Top. Um, but I love it. It was good, and they were good. She was yep. she was really good. All of them were very good. Bluegrass is fun, uplifting music yes. for the most part. They have ballads just like any sort of music has. Um, they have that kind of stuff. They have love songs just like any type of music has, but bluegrass for the most part is fast, upbeat, feel good music. And I really enjoy when I discover somebody that's younger than me, that's playing bluegrass. Cause I think to myself, good, because the younger generation needs to keep bluegrass alive because it's, it's what I grew up with. Like I have a, a, I will always have a love for bluegrass, probably over most music that's not blues. Yeah. Because I grew up on bluegrass. My dad and and Dan and Bobby Almost, the Almost Brothers, like I have such a love and passion for bluegrass. So when I hear it and it's really good, I'm like, oh man. It's crazy to me that your mom doesn't like the banjo. It's not her favorite instrument, no. Like, like bluegrass your dad played kinda it bugs so her. much, you said bluegrass, yeah, and she doesn't like it. It's yeah. fu- it's just funny. She liked my dad's music, yeah. obviously. Um, and she likes Dan's music, but like outside of them too, like she doesn't and that's really want to listen. Because of them too, yeah. then yeah, yeah. But yeah, and that um, after Molly Tuttle came out, Stephen's new country music obsession, Jordan Davis. Oh my gosh, Jordan Davis came in hot. He did come in hot. He came jumping on the stage, getting into it. So he's got this song called "What My World Spins Around," and it starts off. It's got this guitar line that's real mellow. It's like just just getting into a groove. And when it hits the chorus, the drummer does this drum fill, and then they go into it's country, but it's got a pop punk feel to it. And I'm not kidding. I I, I literally felt like I missed the beginning of the party. Like the party has started. Like yeah. it, like and. and Basically, I felt like from stage, Jordan Davis was like, if you guys are getting food or something or staying in line, you're in the wrong place. This is where the party he is like right now. He ran out on stage and just came in hot. It was so great. good. It was good. I'm trying to convince Jess for us to go to Columbus to see him on his headline, first headlining tour. It's not happening. Oh, man, I'm going to keep trying. We're not I'm going. going to keep trying. He was so good live. He was good. Man, but I'm not driving g- three hours to see him on a random weekend when we have a thousand concerts this summer, <laughs> and I feel like I've got no free time already. And for an opening act, he got 13 songs, yeah, which was perfect. I felt like I got like a full set from him because I thought we were perfect. O- you don't even need to go. I, I thought we were only going to see see him play like four or five songs and then get off stage. And I kept looking at my watch. It was like, huh, wow, he still got like he still got like a half hour to still play. Yeah, like Dirks isn't going good. on till like nine fifteen. Like he's still got time. This is great. Um, but, uh, man, he had good energy, good, good musicians with him, like good vibes. It it was really, really cool. I I enjoyed, I enjoyed him a lot and more than I thought I would. Cause like, I've been listening to his stuff, uh, in the last month. I just found him in the last month and, uh, man, I was, I'm still 
pumped after seeing him live. Yeah, like I could if he if he would have been the headliner, it would have been perfect to walk away from. But we got Dirk Bentley. I love Dirk Bentley. I've Man. liked him since his early albums. What was I thinking? And Every Mile of Memory and all that stuff. And I've only known. Dirk I took a Bentley. gap in the middle because I think the five one five zero song is atrocious. But the people <laughs> lost their ever loving minds. Yeah, you want to talk about a pop? That place was sold out. First of all, yes, sold out. And those people lost their ever loving minds when my least favorite Dirk Bentley song came on. It was the most. Of course, it, that has to be how I am. Would you expect it to be any other no. way than that? I would hate his most popular song. And and the thing is, is that uh, you know, I, I looked at Jess and I was like. You cannot deny how popular this song is. You can't deny it. Yep. It's cheesy. Uh, the lyrics, I'm, I mean, come on. 5150, somebody call the popo. And that right it's there. It's not great. But the thing is, is that prior to this concert, I had heard the song completely through maybe twice, and I knew the words. And that's when you know you got a good song. A grown man singing, somebody better call the popo, is not <laughs> something I can get behind. <laughs> So when that song came out, I took like a Dirk's break. I was like, eh. And then I really liked um, The Mountain. Yeah. And Gravel and Gold is a great album. Gravel oh. and Gold, I'm like, oh, he's back to being like. Yeah. He was great. He on stage. This is the second time I've seen him. I think I've said before back in the day, though, a long time ago. He's like a big kid on stage. For sure. He, he had two people come up on stage and shotgun beers with him. Yes. He is a kid. He is dancing around, jumping around. He is. Like I, he, I was like, how old is this guy? I was like, he's got to be our age. He's 47. And I'm like, he's like a 15 year old living his dreams right up there. Like I've seen video of like Luke Combs shotgunning a beer on stage, yeah. but Dirk Bentley got two people out of the crowd to do a quick yeah. contest of who can shotgun the beer the fastest. They passed out a bunch of beers to people in the first couple rows. And they the were first... the tall boys. Yeah. Like. Cans. Were they? Oh, I thought they were regular. Well, no, whatever. they were not. Re he was passing out the tall boy cans. He passed out probably a dozen of them. Yeah, he did. He passed out a lot. Yeah, like man, he was. He's a good. He is a good showman. That's for sure. And he did reference like Jordan. He's got a line in his songs where he talks about playing all of an artist songs, and he popped in Jordan Davis instead of like the classic country artist. And he yeah. talked about both Molly Tuttle and Jordan Davis had them both come back out because he has a bluegrass album up on the Ridge that Punch Brothers are on, who you mentioned earlier. And Molly Tuttle came out to play, you know, a song from that album. Jordan Davis came out to sing "What Was I Thinking" with him. Yeah, and it was cool. Like it was very cool. Yeah, and uh, he's definitely some. Oh, and oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say the second song they covered was Towns Van Zant, an old bluegrass song of his with Molly Tuttle. Yeah, and that song was really fast. But what I liked is, is that he was like, you know, he's like, you know, when he had Molly Tuttle come back out, he's like, let's have you know Grammy award winning now yeah. Molly Tuttle come out. He's like, we're gonna do some bluegrass. He's like, I love bluegrass. I grew up on it, and he's yeah. like, you know, I'm I love that people are keeping this alive. And I thought to myself, I was like, that's literally what I'm thinking right now yeah. when I saw her. And then they did two bluegrass songs, one off his album and one that's Towns Van Zant. And I was like, man, that's so cool. And then he had Jordan Davis come out yeah. to help sing one of his songs. So like he played to their strengths. He didn't just wait to the encore and have yeah. everybody come out. He also, when um, it was getting time to introduce his band, one of his bandmates sang Colin Baton Rouge. Yeah. And the, it was funny because he sang it, kind of went into it. It was great. Everyone knows a song. And Dirk Bentley was acting like, hey, stop singing, like trying to elbow him out of the way, like jokingly, like, yeah. you know, hey, this is my show. Get out of here. <laughs> and like when people were 
clapping for him. He's like, let's give a real soft round of applause to the guy who stole my mic. Cause he like, yeah. it was just cute. It was funny. And when yeah. he introduced his band, he gave them great intros. There was a screen in the back that showed flashed videos of them and their names. He put names and pictures of his crew up there. Like yeah. I've never seen somebody so like genuinely acknowledge all of the people with him and yeah. understand that he couldn't be doing all of that without them. Yeah, like he had it, the head of his crew yeah. come come from the soundboard and yeah. come back out on come out on yeah, stage. Yeah, exactly. And like, uh, and, and uh, you know, the funny thing was, you mentioned that he's like, "Give a soft applause." Yeah. As soon as people started applauding, he started throwing his arms down, like calm down, like yeah. not not so much, like yeah. don't let it go to his head, sort of thing. Yeah, it was funny. But yeah, he was he had a great vibe on stage. And great apparently, vibe. so we were waiting for his last encore to come out. And <laughs> so we, I didn't know about the 90s country satire band he started called Hot Country Nights. Yeah. But when he went back to do his encore, he got into like this van on screen that had like a Christopher Lloyd looking guy. And he was like, we need to go back to the 90s. And there was a flux capacitor. And it was like, yeah, they were going back to the future style. And they came out dressed in 90s apparel, singing all these snippets of 90s country songs. And that was the encore. And Stephen and I are like, what in the heck is going on right now? What is this? And I'm like, wow, he really is a big kid. Like, I don't even, I mean, I liked <laughs> the songs because I knew them all. And 90s country is like, it's definitely yeah. its own vibe. But I was like, well, it would have been cool if he finished with one of his songs or one of yeah. we're like totally confused on what was happening. And when I got home and went to bed, I woke up the next morning with a text from Steven that was like, this is a real band. And if you look it up on Apple Music, they have an album and it's Hot Country Nights and it's them with these characters <laughs> they like made up. Yeah, it's like a parody country band. It's not how I would have ended the show. Yeah. I wouldn't have had my last song be one of those songs. It was a song they wrote. It's going to be their next single of Hot Country Nights' next single. Yeah. But it, Midnight I, Rodeo. I didn't even know this existed. So yeah. it was strange. And they were selling shirts at the merch booth for Hot Country Nights. And Jordan Davis came out wearing a shirt that said Hot Country Nights on it. But I didn't even know what it meant. At first, I thought maybe it was a Molly Tuttle shirt that I just didn't oh. see because I knew it wasn't Jordan Davis or Dirk. So I thought maybe he's wearing a Molly Tuttle shirt. That's really cool. And then when the logo came up for Hot Country Nights before they all walked out on stage again, I was like, oh, Jordan Davis was wearing a Hot Country Nights shirt. That's weird. What yeah. is this? And then, and then... I guess Hilarity he created ensued. it, what, in 2019? Because they were Something supposed like to that, go yeah. on tour in 2020 and the pandemic hit. Yeah, they were going to go gonna on tour. tour as Hot Country Nights. <laughs> I just am like, what in the Sam Hill? Like, they had wigs and hats and glasses and came it, out with a keytar. It was crazy. For those of you that don't know what a keytar is, it's a keyboard player that, that wears the keyboard like it's a guitar. They're up um, there, like, playing the guitar and kicking their leg up, 90s country style. Oh, it oh, was a whole gosh. thing. Like, they all had the headsets like Garth Brooks. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, there was a lot of crazy going on. I couldn't even figure out which one was Dirks. I, could, I, 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 I had yeah. to ask you. Yeah. I was like, which one's Dirks? I can't tell. Like, they're all in these wigs and stuff. I have no idea what's going on. So um, that was interesting. Yeah, but such a great show. Completely sold out. It was crazy. Like, you know, Molly Tuttle played. There was tons of empty spaces. Jordan David, some empty spaces. Dirks came out, and I didn't even pant, because we were on end seat <clears throat> on the left yeah. left side, and we were row I.I., so once I turned my head to the right, I was like, oh, my God, the lawn is covered. Every seat is filled. And he said it was sold out. Yeah. Um, and when Jordan Davis started, people started coming yeah. to the seats. Yeah. 
that dude definitely got some people coming to seats because when he played his second song, uh, "Singles You Up," the crowd knew every yeah, word. I knew that one too. Everybody knew every word, and you could tell like people were there was a good third of the crowd or more that was there yeah. that knew him and that I was like good like I didn't know how popular he was I know he had a couple of actually he had a couple of hit like number one hit singles yeah um and we were the second stop on the tour yeah so it was early and he's like I wanted to play pine knob early like I love it here and yeah so that was cool it was a great concert highly recommend if you get a chance to see Dirk Bentley go for it yeah, and, and Jordan it, Davis, if, if, Molly Tuttle. Yeah, Jordan Davis does his own. He's on the Dirk Bentley tour, which is rocking through the summer, but he starts his own headlining tour in like August and September yeah. or something like that. Um, so I'd like to go to yeah. like a blue gla- bluegrass festival, like a music festival. Like I think there's one in Ann Arbor or something, and just it'd be cool. Oh man, bluegrass festivals are great. You you see so much so much talent that's not even on stage that'll be in just huddles of groups yeah, that's playing what you said. Mm-hmm. insane i've never seen anything like it where it's just pockets of people that are like somebody will walk up you know somebody sitting there on their you know truck bed just playing guitar and then three people walk up that don't even know each other and just start playing with them like and and then before you know it you got five or 10 people that are playing music that have never met each other before in their life and they're just playing you know orange blossom like cool very cool (laughs) you know um another thing too on our way up there so i feel like steven and i and steven is more of an old man than i am an old woman but he's sort of like seeping into me (laughs) and like i feel like we have had some progressive commercial situations (laughs) we were driving i was driving and we were in the clarkston area commerce getting to pine knob we had to take all these like back roads to avoid the freeway and um he was like, oh, I see that that's still over there. Well, that building was this when I saw it. And I was like, that's one of the progressive commercials they haven't done yet. Copyright is um, <laughs> when they be like driving down. And so I wrote a couple of progressive commercials that night. And I was like, you could be driving down and be like, look over there. When I was younger, that used to be. And then Rick can be like, nobody cares what it used to be. No one needs to know what it is, what it was back then. Here's what it is now. That's all that matters. <laughs> and when we were sitting in the row, like I have never seen so many people get up and down in my whole life at a concert. I wanted to be like, sit down, you morons. Like, just sit down. You don't need 17 beers. Just sit down and watch a show. So frustrating. And being on the end is great because you're on the end, but then you also have everyone coming by you. Yeah. And then I found myself saying, okay, this is the last time we're going to let you go by. And then I looked at Steven <laughs> and I go, oh my God, oh my God. Like that could be a progressive commercial too. When you hit the age where you're like, okay, next time we're going to charge you if you walk by again. I was like, I cannot even believe I just said that. Like yeah. I am, and the person was probably like, 20 years younger than me and they're probably thinking oh that old lady and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) yeah and you said that and i was like yep next time we'll have to charge you oh my gosh and you even said earlier this week you were like oh dewalt has his address painted on the garbage can should we paint our address on there (laughs) and i hate to say that i do want to paint our address on the garbage can because sometimes we get storms and cans are blowing all over the place and i want to know which one's ours oh we also had we have a neighbor kitty corner from us in the back of the yard where her son i guess he practices lacrosse and he's got his net 
to where it like faces our yard and yeah we don't mind the balls going in our yard we'll throw them back for him but what i do mind is a couple of the bars balls hit like the back of our shed and so we have a couple dents in the back of our shed and i'm like great so now we're gonna have to go over there yeah like a couple of old fogies and be like get off our lawn and and you know i was real nice the lady was real nice She's wearing a garbage T-shirt uh, band from the late '90s, early 2000s, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like this lady already seems cool." And she like does it was seem a great cool. conversation. Yeah. And she's like, "I've already told him to move that net. Like, I will make sure he moves that net." She's like, "But he's being 14, and you know, wants to be and thinks he's uh, better than everybody and in charge of everything." And I was like, "Oh boy." <laughs> yeah, she said she would move the net, so I'm I'm gonna check to see if the net is moved. Yeah, but I we'll mean, see. I it don't is know. What it is. I actually, um, but it's just funny. I'm like, "Oh, now we gotta go talk to neighbors about." I'm like, "Oh," and then we're sitting outside today too, and Stephen's like, "I could really go for a grilled hamburger. I hope your dad wants grilled hamburgers." when we host the father's day barbecue and i was like you know what if you want a grilled hamburger we can go to the store today like i feel like <laughs> steven is such a homebody that it's like when we're home like we're home i'm like i can't stand the fact that like i'm like let's go to kroger and get some hamburger and we'll make hamburgers like that is like not a thing we would do because it's like we're home so we have to stay home we cannot go anywhere because we are home and i'm like that is weird man like and, and it's you and it's the seeping. And when we went out, we forgot to go to the liquor store oh, as yeah, well. Oh, yeah, you didn't so we, go there. So we didn't even do that. Um, you know, we were talking about this on the patio, and I just started laughing. I started laughing hysterically because like, I, I thought to myself, um, and, and, I, and I hope a lot of you listeners can relate to this that are in relationships, uh, like, that is, like, top favorite moments of my life. When we have conversations like that and we're just laughing at each other like, what a goober. Like, I love this person to death, but this person is totally a goober. No, it's you. Like, like and we're just laughing at each other. And It's it, you. It's like we're there, trapped here. It's, it's like... There's so much going on in life outside of our property and outside of our regular daily lives that's absolutely awful. And it's those small moments that we get with each other, me and her, that like I love more than anything in the world. Just those small moments on the patio where she says something like this, and it just gets me laughing. I can't stop laughing. I'm just laughing hard. I know the neighbors can hear me well, laughing. I also love like, those moments, but they can happen inside the house and outside the house. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just great because I end up, I end up laughing uncontrollably at her because I'm just like, man, I, I love this woman to death, but she's a goofball, you know. Well, I love you too, but yes, I'm like, I feel like we, like once we're home, we're home. That's it. Like I have to plan in the calendar, like let's go to this store this day because I can't just spring it on him because he'll be like, I can't leave the house. I'm here. I can't leave. It's not that. And him working. Wow, George Bailey. Thanks. <laughs> my car, my car. <laughs> and him working remotely has made it worse because it's like he's always home in Adidas pants. Oh, yeah. And I, today. Sometimes when I'm driving home on days, I know you were in the office. I'm like, I should text him and be like, let's go get a drink somewhere. But then I'm just kind of tired, too. <laughs> and those are the things that like, I don't I don't mind doing those things. Like, there's a lot of times where I think like, oh, man, we should go get a drink. And then I'm like, yeah, she's probably too tired. So it's funny that you say that because I, I also think that as well. Well, why don't you say that sometimes? Um, but uh, then I'll say it sometimes. Uh, all, all of that to say for you folks listening, like. Uh, Dirk Bentley has a song called Living, and that is the first song that Jess sent to me. Yeah. Um, and he literally says, some days you're just living. And it's, if you don't listen to any other songs from any other artists that we've talked about from this concert, go listen to 
living. That song gets me. Like, especially when I was struggling the last couple weeks, like that song just gets me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was at the concert and I did get like a little like emotional, like because music just speaks to you. Everyone has a song that speaks to you. And that one is for me. I have a little playlist on my phone of like, quote unquote, like wake up songs, like songs to get you moving, get you feeling alive. And like, that is like one of my favorite ones because it just... It's just filled with life. It's just no matter what's happened, some days are hard and you're just living. And then some days you are bigger than that and you're doing more, you're doing less, but no matter what you are living and it's a great song. It's on the mountain. So I recommend it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to grab the lyrics cause I gotta, I gotta read the lyrics. It's totally worth, totally worth, uh, reading out real quick. So give me just a second. I had to go to lyrics.com. Sure. No problem. So, um, the chorus, some days you just breathe in, just try to break even. Sometimes your heart's pounding out of your chest. Sometimes it's just beating. Some days you forget what all you've been given. Some days you just get by. Some days you're just alive. Some days you're just living. Yeah. Great. It's a great, great chorus. Great chorus. Yeah. Like that's just literally like And it's got those swells in the music that uh, like Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah. Yep. And it's and good. the I mean it, it it's just a good song. Dirk Bentley yeah. is good. Um man. And and that's another thing. Look, so we're the the next thing that happened is I went and got a tattoo. Oh, a tattoo? It's a couple of tattoos. But I was talking to my tattooer about Dirk Bentley. And how we were talking about how you you and I have also had another conversation, and I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but Southern rock is kind of gone. Like, rock and roll is is kind of gone. It's all fallen into this genre of country. Yes, like that's, I agree. That's where, it's, that's where it's gone. I mentioned that Jordan Davis had that song that he started with, that the chorus sounded pop punk. Yeah. Pop punk is a thing that's gone as well. Like, it's kind of fallen all into this genre of country where it's this melting pot of things. Um, and Dirk Bentley does a good job with that. Yeah. He has a lot of, he, he kind of takes all of those things that are part of country that have been, you know, nineties country, even like Johnny Cash style country. Like he's got that in his stuff somewhere. He's got bluegrass in there. Like he's a, he has a well-rounded understanding of what the genre of country is. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I recommend Dirk Bentley on that. Um, but yeah, you got yeah. your tattoos. I did. Um, so uh, if if you've uh, been paying attention to the podcast or our social media, you know that I, I went a couple months ago and I got a whole bunch of black lines and got things mapped out for my left forearm. Well, uh, we started uh, getting color put in and getting, you know, started really getting into the second phase of, of this forearm. And, and now he looks like a casserole about to be delivered to somebody because he's wrapped in saran wrap for all the <laughs> blood and ink doesn't leak out on all of my couches and yeah. bed. It's like a medical wrap, yeah. but he Plaster. put it around me yesterday and he missed just a sliver. And on my way home, I looked down on my pants and I was like, oh, crap, like some of it had leaked out. Yeah. So now I got saran wrap to cover that one little section. Um, but yeah, we'll post some photos. But man, he is so good with color. Like I cannot wait until shout out the, to Jr. at yeah. East Point. Yeah, he's he's yeah. over in East Point at Eternal Tattoos. Eternal Tattoos East Point. Yeah, it's up on Ten Mile. Next time I shout um, out somebody, I'll make sure I know what I'm saying. <laughs> yep, uh, Tattoos by Jr. is his handle. Uh, man, he is fantastic. He's a good dude. 
He's been tattooing me now for uh, 10 years, almost 10 years, nine years. Um, and I have spent a lot of time in the chair talking to him and having various conversations about all kinds of stuff. And he's just a, he's a good person. Um, he seems cool. His wife gave us some asparagus that are, is about to be grilled this afternoon. Yeah, his his wife is super cool. Uh, his wife came in and, and somebody else was like, who was the girl that came in here to see you guys? And he goes, oh, that's my wife. And, and the person was like, oh, man, she seems really like really cool. He goes, oh, yeah, she's far too cool for me. And then I said, Stephen, did you say you could relate to that? <laughs> and I said, Having no. Having a wife that's far too cool for you? I said, no, because the conversation wasn't about me. It was about him. And yeah, I just let it go. you just should say that more so people know that you acknowledge it. <laughs> um, but for those of you that paid attention, have uh, paid attention to any Marvel stuff, I'm getting, uh, I now have the Infinity Stones all colored in various spots on my forearm. Uh, we'll post some photos for that. Um, and I also have Cap's uh, Broken Shield from Endgame. That's fully colored in. That looks really cool, I think. Um, I have the Eye of Agamotto, which is from Doctor Strange. It's the time stone. It's the necklace with the time stone that he wears around his neck. Um, I have that, uh, which goes underneath my uh, watch on my left arm. And then I also have a X-Men symbol uh, that's been colored in as well that represents four ladies from the X-Men, which is Polaris. Uh, she's got the green color. Storm has got the uh, silver grayish color. Um, Jubilee has the red color. And then the... Uh, uh, the yellow color is rogue. Cool. So my my four favorite uh, women from the X-Men. Uh, so I got that. But uh, yeah, it's just, man. And then I got some red put around the Iron Man symbol. It's pretty cool. So I, It's I'm, coming along. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, I took other pictures, which I, I, won't, I won't post those uh, for our social media this week because he used a marker to show where the lightning is going to go that's coming down my arm and how it's going to be. Man, I when this arm is done, it's gonna look so cool. I can't, I can't wait. But I got another at least two appointments to get this done. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So um, cool. But yeah, Jr. One of the best tattooers in the business, if not the best, in my opinion. Um. So yeah, and he's okay. doing. Uh, he did tell me that I think it's the second weekend in August. There's a tattooing, uh, festival that's up in Flint. And uh, he'll be there doing, uh, entering in a couple competitions and stuff like that, which he has won competitions before as well but nice. man he's really really good i had a dream i told stevie the other night that i got a tattoo <laughs> yeah. definitely a dream definitely a dream because this blank canvas is staying blank yeah it was weird i forgot all about it till he got home yesterday i was like hey i had a dream i had a tattoo and he's like maybe that's a sign i was like yeah to not but i'm all set i have it in my dream i don't need it in real life that's funny all right, very cool. We'll keep you guys posted on his sleeves. He'll he'll have one probably. I'd say the beginning of the year that sleeve will be done. Uh yeah, the beginning of next year. I got a uh, my next appointment is going to be in October, um, which will finish getting color on all the uh, places that don't have color, and then by February of next year, he'll do the shading of everything nice. behind it. Like the shading is always the last thing. We get all the pieces colored the way they're supposed to be. Everything that's supposed to be around them, whether you know flames or whatever that kind of stuff. But then he comes in with the shading and the and the yep. lightning will be done last. Um, cool. And, and uh, man, yeah, he's just I don't know. He's he's so cool, calm and collective and just easygoing. And my favorite thing about Jr. is that I I give him a ton of freedom on purpose because I know he's creative. And there's very few times where I'm like, hey, how would this look on me? I kind of want this. And he'll look at me and go, that's not going to work the way you want it to work. 
I can't get it to look like that. It's it, it it won't it won't look right. Yeah. And I go, okay, cool, no problem. I got plenty of other ideas. And well, you guys have ten years of working together under your belt, so you trust him, and oh, he knows your yeah. vision and what you're looking for. I mean, this is really one piece. Each arm is one piece that he's doing for you. It's yeah. just taking. It's the whole arm. Yeah, and these infinity stones. What you'll see when we post the photos, um, the they have this. Uh, they look like they're like shooting color and flame out of them freehand. He completely freehand all of it. There was no stencil. It literally was in his brain. He pictured it. That's what he saw. And he drew it on my arm. That's pretty much how poison ivy happened. Didn't he kind of draw that poison ivy? Um, He made some modifications to something yeah. he saw. One of them was a little too busty for my taste. <laughs> he said we need to tighten up that cleavage. Yeah. You don't need boobs on your arm. Um, which, speaking of poison ivy, that's the one he talks about the most as far as from my stuff. That's the one he gets the most compliments on is yeah, poison ivy. That one looks cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, he, I, I get, I just give him a ton of freedom. I'm like, I, I, cause I mentioned, I'm like, Hey man, how can we put the infinity stones in different places? He's like, yeah, that'll be great. And then literally he just, well, that helps filling he, in the gaps too on spots. Yeah. But in his case, he gets excited Yeah, cause he gets to be creative. Yeah. And I've seen some of the stuff that he's drawn where he gets complete control because it's something he drew from so, for somebody or it's something he drew and they liked it. And and I I like to embrace his creativity and go, all right, so, you know, I, I want these Infinity Stones, but shape them how you think they need to be shaped. Mm-hmm. I, I sent him like four or five different photos of what they look like. And I was like, these are just ideas, but you do you. Yeah. And then he came up with what he came up with. And it looks even better than anything I ever sent him. It's great. Like, nice. I, yeah, I love it. He's a super creative guy. Well, for the permanency, the cost, and everything, I'm glad that you have someone that you trust to do all your work. So. Ab- absolutely. And he's done all of my tattoos, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, I I won't go to somebody else. Yeah. I won't. There's no way that I would even, even like, dream about going to somebody else not even a half like i wish i could go back to him in two months after this is healed and get my next one but i gotta save money <laughs> yeah like so uh but yeah no jr great guy love jr man nice well one thing that i know everyone is following us for the current event steven has an update for of the writer's strike oh uh the writer's strike man let me see there is <sighs> It is absolutely crazy to me that this has to happen again. It doesn't have to happen. It it has to happen um, because sometimes the only way that people that are in the wrong get get the understanding that they're in the wrong is when a large group of people stand up and tell them no. I know, but my point is they it didn't have to happen because they didn't have to be in the wrong. They didn't have to be so greedy. Yeah. So... Uh, the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, urged Netflix and Comcast shareholders to reject the pay hikes for companies' top executives in light of the ongoing strike. The shareholders voted with the writers. And yet, you said the people can say, no, we're going to take it anyway. They they can, but as of as of right now, it's been shot down for Netflix top executives getting their getting so their you, pay hikes. You can't pay the writers, but you guys can get raises off of the backs of the writers. Yeah. Without the shows that the writers write, you would have no money coming in and no bonuses coming in. 
but you don't want to pay them. Yep. So here's a uh, here's a quote greed, from greed, greed. Uh, the 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 letter that was sent to the Comcast shareholders uh, said the following: In the midst of the strikes. Uh, disruption. Comcast is asking shareholders to receive retroactive advisory approval of the company's 2022 reported executive compensation, totaling over 130 million. That's insane to me. Unbelievable. Absolutely insane. By contrast, the proposed improvements the WGA currently has on the table would cost com would cost Comcast 34 million per year. That's it. Wow. For all of the writers writing for Netflix, split amongst them. It's crazy. Like, absolutely insane. Um, and they're like, we urge you to vote against proposal number five and encourage Comcast to put an end to this uh, disruptive strike. Um, I've already seen that the Winchesters over on CW has been, uh, not only did CW cancel it, but due to the writer strike, um, like Jensen Eccles was just like, we can't move forward at all. Um we can't do anything. We can't shop it anywhere because we're all on strike. We're writers. So yeah. we can't do anything. So as of right now, it's shelved. And hopefully when the writer strike is over, maybe we can get back to it. But probably not because it'll be too long. Um, <clears throat> because, uh, you know, the actors and actresses could have moved on by then. Yeah, if there's stuff to that's being written. Like, it's a whole... Yeah, it's crazy. I've seen the entire cast of Ted Lasso. They're all out striking. Yeah. All the main cast. Because most of them are writers on other shows. Uh, the the one thing that blows my mind, and I, I understand that Disney is like a juggernaut and Marvel is a juggernaut uh, being inside of Disney as far as intellectual property. I am shocked that Marvel has moved forward with Dare, uh, with uh, Deadpool 3. Ryan Reynolds yeah. is an actor and a writer. With the strike going on, Ryan Reynolds is not allowed to improv lines on set due to the writer strike why in the world would you even consider filming a deadpool movie when ryan reynolds is handcuffed gagged and bound and cannot be have cannot have any sort of freedom off the page at all why would you do that to one of the best actors at improv in as far as action and superhero movies go well, why is it why would you striking? do that I don't know why he's not striking. That's another thing that I don't understand either. Because um, if I was him, I'd have walked off set. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have been like, no, nah, I'm sorry. I'd have called Kevin Feige and been like, hey, this place is shutting down because I'm done. I'm walking away. I mean, you know, the more actors and writers that go on strike, that means other industry, other people that crew and stuff like that yeah. aren't able to work as well. But at the same time, it's like yeah. you've got to take a stand. You've got to advocate for yourself no one else is going to do it i've seen the entire cast of picard season three the entire cast of ted lasso season three all of them protesting but the thing is is that their shows are done yeah so they're not stopping in the middle of a show and i'm i'm like ah like i I, you need big names who are like still filming stuff i mean now's the time when shows are pretty much end shows are done we're at the end of may or june I don't even know. Where are we? June. We're in June. June. Shows are done. Yeah, we passed sweeps and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like there needs to be the Ryan Reynolds that needs to walk off set. Well, there's really just no reason for this happening. They've already lost more money than they were even asking for. Yeah. So it's like if you would have just given them what they were asking for, which was just an equitable share, then this wouldn't even be happening. 
it is insane how much money they are losing a day. When I say like losing a day, it's like 40 or $50 million a day that they're losing by, by all of their writers being on strike. Um, and Netflix, man, Netflix is just not, they are not doing their people right at all. Like they're, no. they're doing these mini writers rooms where yeah, there's an a- AI that. involved. Like it's, uh, there is insane, insane stuff. Um, man, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, it blows my mind because this happened 15 years ago. And yeah. they had a contract that lasted 15 years. And the executives 15 years ago weren't making the money they're making now. Now they're making, some of them are making triple. Some of them could pay out of their pocket for the money that these writers are asking for and never even notice it's gone. Yes. And that's what people, like, that's the sort of wealth disparity that people don't understand. One guy from Netflix could pull out of his pocket all of the money that the writers are looking for, give it to them and not even notice that it was out of his bank. Not even notice. Yeah. Have li- literally, it, it, it'd be like finding change in his, yes, in his, exactly. in his or her couch. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it, but it, they it, are greedy. They are all greedy at the end of the day. Nobody, I'm sorry. Nobody needs to make as much money as some of these people make athletes, executives, all of this stuff. You make more money than you could ever spend in a lifetime. Whatever. I don't, and and here's the catch twenty two for me. I don't have a problem with somebody making millions of dollars. What I do have a problem is is when they're in charge of the company and their workers are in horrible working conditions, not paid properly, yeah, like Amazon, gr- grossly underpaid, like Amazon, like Netflix writers, like the Netflix executives are making so much money just in their salary. They shouldn't and- even be able to sleep at night the salary and then they turn around and they have stock options that give them like another 17 million dollars in stock options every year it's i don't mind them making that kind of money fine but make sure your workers are making at least a living wage you're making that money off the backs of people that you refuse to pay yep what they're worth what their equitable share is yep so yeah you're making tons of money but they're not they're not making money they're not making their equitable share that is greed. And this go- that should be illegal. And this goes all the way back to It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's totally that all over again. Like the writers are a George Bailey just trying to help his community make a livable living wage in which they can have a home. Get out and of a potter's field. Get out of a potter's field. And the Netflix executives are potter. It's crazy. They're trying to hold everything to themselves. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I don't. I don't understand it. It's ridiculous. It, yeah, it it blows my mind. Whew, well, that was yeah. a lot. That was a lot. I think our entertainment portion for this episode is going to be album anniversaries. Uh, we got we got a little bit. We got a little bit. We might hit it. We might maybe we hit a movie. Maybe. All right. So, album anniversaries for this week, folks, if you're uh wondering, these uh all these al- album anniversaries take place between the dates of June 6th and June 12th. Progressive commercial. Um, <clears throat> we got some good ones on this one. Um, so 34 year anniversary from 1989, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble's final album together in step, mm-hmm. um, which had uh crossfire and tightrope on it. Such, nice. such a great album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was his, uh, ha- that was his last album in step. <clears throat> 
Uh, Coldplay's third album, X and Y, from 2005, which uh, that's, you know, the one that has uh, the message on it. It's got Fix You on it. Like Nice. Yeah, great album. Uh, I, I think... Uh, in my personal opinion, they peaked at that album. Like after that, their albums since then have not held up to what that album did. Uh, but man, that was a great album. 18 years old though. It's crazy. Um, a band, a, a, an artist that I like a lot who only had one album. He's done some soundtrack stuff. Um, but, uh, his, his one album time without consequence from 2006, Alexi Murdoch, mm. uh, singer songwriter, um, he did the whole soundtrack for Away We Go, didn't he? Yeah. For most of it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a couple of great songs. Um, Orange Sky. Yeah, Orange Sky people would probably know. Man, uh, he's he's fantastic. Uh, I, can't, it, it, I don't have anything in my library that sounds like him as a singer-songwriter. When I listen to his album, I just, I just, let, I just let it repeat and let it keep rolling. It's, it's a good thing. Um, yeah, it's a good. It's a. It's one of those albums that is a mood. I guess yeah, you could say for sure. Um, a little band from two thousand and four, Hot Fuss by the Killers. Ah, uh, little Mister Brightside. I like that album. They lost me when they started that stupid album where they were like, "We're not human. We're only dancers." And I was like, "What the hell does that even mean?" <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I remember liking hot fuss yeah uh that's a that's an album i can listen to on repeat just let it keep rolling i forgot about that until you mentioned that album actually yeah that's a good one uh an artist that we've talked about quite a few times from 2005 his his greatest hits at the time which he's had more albums after that but he had so many up to this point uh junior brown oh yeah so you get uh, uh long walk back to san antonio broke down south of dallas hung it up like oh man he's just got i wonder hit if after any other listeners hit. know about him other than tay if anybody else knows about junior brown or has heard about him outside of this podcast yeah, yeah. that is not tay let me know i'm curious <laughs> but yeah he's old school old school country a little bit rockabilly um yeah Definitely. But, yeah, he's great. Um, uh, a little band also uh, from 2004, their first album to the public, uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, My Chemical Romance. Mm, Kelly loved My Chemical Romance. I can I, see that about her. I remember her. when she was younger, she was in love with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, the Spider-Man <laughs> stuff with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I don't know if it was Tobey Maguire or Spider-Man because she had a bunch of Spider-Man stuff, like toys and tchotchkes and whatnot tchotchkes and then there we she go. loved my chemical romance like whenever i hear my chemical romance my brain instantly associates to kelly yeah that's the uh i'm not okay yeah but, uh, you know black parade I, yeah and is that black parade though? no black parade was the okay. next album but yeah three cheers for sweet revenge is the song where I he's it, it, in the middle of the song he's like i'm okay i'm okay trust me I think and then it's, she, I'm not okay. When she was here, or la- one of the last times I saw her, her friend in California was like, oh, do you want to come out for the My Chemical Romance concert? And I'm like, oh my gosh, golly, and My Chemical Romance just cracks me up. I saw them twice, I, I never think. I saw them. During the Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, I saw them on a f- festival and a tour, and then I saw them uh, opening for The Used. Uh, they were great live, like but, the used. but uh, their lead singer... Early singer in between songs didn't have much to say, but I remember like when they were playing, I was like, "Man, I like this." Um, <clears throat> what else you got for us? Uh, a, another band or another singer songwriter artist that that we like. I introduced you to from two thousand and eight. Noah Gunderson, Brave New World. 
Um, that's an album with just him and his sister, him playing acoustic guitar. She plays fiddle. Um, it's just a small EP, but, uh, uh, Brave New World, such a, it's such a good singer songwriter album. It's got an old school vibe to it. Um, an artist that we like a lot that we have seen, uh, three times now, Selwyn Birchwood, uh, Don't Call No Ambulance. It's a good album. Great album. Man. That was the one that had just came out when we first saw him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he played that song and the other two times we've seen him, I'm like, you gotta play yeah. Don't call no ambulance. You could probably request it because there's only about 30 people in the <laughs> place whenever we see him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another artist uh, celebrating uh, 10 years of his first solo album by himself called Southeastern, Jason Isbell. Mm. Another singer-songwriter that came out of country music, still has uh, country music sound, but once again, it's another one of those artists that like he gets he gets trapped up into that melting pot that is country music, but... His stuff is definitely more singer-songwriter. I highly recommend Jason Isbell's Southeastern. If you've never listened to it, it's it's fantastic. He's got a lot of good songs on there. Nice. Um, and then wrapping it up, uh, a, a little band, 22-year uh, anniversary, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, Blink-182. Wow. Yeah, which um, arguably, uh, in, in my opinion, if you like the punk-style, pop-punk-style music, um, I think that album has the best opening song uh, in pop punk history, Anthem Part Two. Mm. The way it starts, it's it's once again like like I was saying earlier about Jordan Davis. It's like the party is right here. Let's we're getting it started, and that's yeah. what that sounds like. It's such a great song. Um, but yeah, that's the you know got the rock show on it. Stay together for the kids. Nice that sort of stuff. So yeah, take cool. off your pants and jacket. Cool. Well, he got through that quicker than I thought, folks. We got a couple of minutes left to give you reviews on a couple of movies we saw recently. Yeah, and these are Jess picks, not yeah. Steven picks. So we're we've hitting... got some more random ones that we saw that are a little bit older that you'll all know. But we watched two newer movies recently, and the first one is called A Man Called Otto yeah. with Tom Hanks. So it's based off of um, a book called A Man Called Ove, which is a Swedish Swedish book by a Swedish author. Yep. Um, and we, or I have read the book. I've read a few of the author's books. Um, and when I was first seeing the preview in the theater, I'm like, is this a man called Ove? And then they said a man called Otto. So I was like, okay, so they're making it you know, in America. Um, the book is by Frederick Bachman and it's set in Sweden, but they changed it to Otto. I guess Otto is more of an American name, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Otto is an O-T-T-O. Yeah. Um, and that stars Tom Hanks. And it's a fantastic movie. It is, it is an emotional ride. That is 100% for sure. Um, yeah. It is a really good movie. We both liked it a lot. It's got, it's like, it's kind of one of those, like, um, it's bittersweet. It's, it's a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. For um, sure. of his character kind of growing and developing a little bit, but it's Tom Hanks. It is Tom Hanks. And I like, didn't really know any of the other actors or actresses in it. Um, the main girl is played by Mariana Trevino, and she is fantastic. Yep. The whole cast is fantastic. I liked not really seeing anybody I knew. That I really enjoyed because I feel like sometimes with Tom Hanks and a bunch of big-name cast people, I feel like that sometimes takes away from 
the movie in itself. The only person I knew was Manuel Garcia Rolfo. And he is on, if anyone's watched Netflix's series, The Lincoln Lawyer, fantastic. He's on that. But he's the only one I knew. But it's a it's a really good movie. And Tom Hanks, I mean, he's a great actor. That's, yeah. I yeah. laughed. I cried. I just, your heart is full when you watch it. It is, have yeah. a tissue, though. You will cry. Unless your heart is made of stone, you will cry. Yeah. You will at least tear up. It's it's got some tough material in it for sure. It's got some good laughing parts and stuff. It's it it it's got some underlying uh tough topics. Yes, it does tackle some very tough talk topics. It's very thought provoking. It's very relatable. Yep. Um, um but it's again, I I've I have not seen every Tom Hanks movie. I've probably seen 80% of them. I've never seen a bad Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. I've never seen him do a character and been like, oh, that sucked. It's a really never. beautiful movie. And yeah. I I recommend reading the book. I've, I recommend reading anything by Frederick Bachman. Uh, um, oh, my gosh. I just forgot his name again. Um, Frederick Bachman. I uh, have read maybe three books by him, but A Man Called Ova is fantastic. So, yeah. And I feel like I sometimes when I read a book and then I watch the movie, knowing what's going to happen, you're like, mm, it's not as impactful. But I found the movie to be very impactful even knowing what was going to happen and it stayed very close to the book which i appreciated yeah that's cool so yeah i i recommend it for sure two thumbs up yeah for sure. ogle and ogle two thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) we're this generation siskel and ebert (laughs) so yeah yep so uh the next movie on the list was one we actually watched last night yes um, something that's, I don't know, it's been in our list for a long time. It's just something we hadn't got around to watching. We're like, all right, let's just watch something that's, you know, uh, a little bit, a little bit thriller, a little bit, um, yeah. you know, I don't know. We were looking for something action. This didn't end up being action, but it ended up being intense. Yeah, which we, was were, what we, we were looking for like a Statham movie, as you all know. I like my Statham movies, and so does Steven. But we went with this. Uh, the Guilty. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Um, what's cool about this movie is... It's just done differently. It has a very castaway vibe. Jake Gyllenhaal plays a cop that gets demoted to being a 911 operator. And you're following him the whole time You while he's getting this call that he's trying to make sense of what's happening if, is from a woman who says she's been kidnapped. And he's trying to make sense of it. And yeah. you're basically, you're him. You're just getting his perspective. And that's what's really cool. And it's in... The nine one one operator office. Yeah, the call center. You never leave the call center. No, you. The camera, like, they filmed this during the pandemic. Uh, read, uh, read a couple things about it. One, the director, the day before they started filming, he tested positive for COVID, so he set himself up in a van, on set or offset or something remotely, and uh, set up a whole interface and everything to where he could direct from his van and then he, he's been directing his other movies the same way which i find interesting since yeah. then um but uh it stays on jake gyllenhaal facetime type yeah. movie almost the entire time you're on his face and seeing him from the front and so, as a viewer, you don't have more information than him. You yep. also have no idea what's going on and yep. aren't sure what's happening and what is what is really the case. And it is intense. It's only one hour and 31 minutes, which is perfect. It, it felt a little bit like phone booth in the fact that it went by really fast. It did. But I, 
I give Jake Gyllenhaal a lot of credit for this. He oh, yeah, is I a mean, great actor. He carried the whole movie. He that's ca- It carried the entire movie. There's not a scene in the movie that he's not in. Yeah. And his dialogue is on the phone with people. Yeah. And his, so there is well-known actors and actresses in the cast, but it's just their voices. Yeah. It's just their voices on the other end of that phone. And yeah. As from someone who's watching like 911 and 911 Lone Star, I'm very privy to <laughs> 911 calls and such. But I'm also used to knowing what's going on on the other side because on those shows, you're kind of seeing both things. And with this, you know, you didn't. So it was, it was cool. You didn't know what was going on. We had our theories and, you know, yeah. but it was good. Yeah. I recommend it for something different. It was some movies I might not even like that much, but are different. And I, appreciate that this one i did like but it is also different yeah and i i thought to myself while watching i was like i can't imagine being a 911 operator and literally having to interface with um the police department the sheriff's department like the emergency services yeah. and all you can go on is what the person is saying on the call that is in distress that might be you know any kind of situation yeah they have no idea where they are or what they're doing or they call you and then they pass out midway call and like i don't know that'd be a very high stress high burnout job yeah i i can't even imagine and i i I just thought to myself, I, c- I couldn't do that job. No. There's no way I could do that job. It's way too intense because to, you can't be gullible at all. You have to. But you also You have can't, to take it seriously 100%, but you can't you can't be gullible in any sort of way. You can't dismiss people either. Like, you can't. No, but, like, but you got to. Got to figure it out. Yeah. Like, man, it's, yeah, intense movie, but yeah. but very good. Yeah. Very so enjoyable. we recommend both of those movies, totally different movies, but yeah. Um, yep. That's it for this week, I think. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WordPress, Tumblr, all that stuff. Like, listen, subscribe. Give us a nice review, yes. please. Give us um, some feedback. Reach out to us on social media. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Hit it. And, and we talk about, you know, like, share, subscribe, but like hit that subscribe button because that helps us, you know, with our, with our numbers and, and knowing we're, you know, because uh, when you hit subscribe and a new episode comes out, it automatically goes to you and we automatically get like, you know, data on where it's going out. And I, I like to know where our listeners are and, yep. and, and see our maps and stuff like that and see like where people are listening. And I know we got a ton of listeners in like the three biggest places that we have listeners are in Germany, in California, and in uh, Missouri. Those are our three biggest places outside of Michigan or yeah. Tennessee, which is our two homes. Uh, so, yeah, it's, man, I, I, yeah, hit that subscribe button so we, uh, we we get better data on that, on where yeah. all our listeners are at. Cool. So, but that's all we could say this week. Bye, y'all. Testing! Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing. Testing. You look cute over there. Oh, thanks. That's because I'm wearing a hat. You like me in hats. I do.